this is the beginning of the, the second part of our a train that we started last week um, on the doctrine of laying on of hands. The doctrine of laying on of hands. This, this particular uh, doctrine is very important because it is a part of the foundational doctrine. Can you say foundational doctrine? Foundational say it again, foundational doctrine. Foundational doctrine. And so uh, it is important for the leaders. And I want you to know, and, and those of you who are not familiar with, uh, with uh, the, uh, the Love City Ministry Training Center, the, re- the reason why we exist is uh, to train and to empower leaders. And so uh, our ministry development and training center is not necessarily, it doesn't function like the local church. Uh, I am the leader, lead teacher. I am the, uh, the pastor, if you'd like to call, uh, you know, use that terminology. But we, we open up our training center for people who have been uh, called of God, yes, fine, called of God to um, uh called of God to, to lead in some particular way uh, in, in, in the kingdom of God, any of the fivefold ministry giftings, but also uh, not just the fivefold ministry gifts, but uh, the spiritual giftings. You know, you have, you have Ephesians 4, 11, where some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, where God gave. But then you have uh, in, 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 in 2 Corinthians, you have a whole list of 12 spiritual gifts that are, that come out of the Holy Spirit. And so this particular training center is designed to adequately train and develop people who function out of those calls, mantles, and ministries. And so what I've learned over about 30 plus years of being saved and being in the church and a part of Pentecost or the charisma, uh, the charismatic movement, you know, I found that a lot of people are anointed to do a thing, but they have not been trained to do it. And that is problematic. It's counterproductive at times. So uh, I feel like at this phase of my life and ministry, that my unique call and mantle is to help to prepare the leaders. So how can people be a part of our ministry training center? They can be a part of our ministry training center by becoming what we call partners, that all of our quote unquote members that you would see in a church, uh, they are partners. That is to say that each person that comes to our ministry training center at some point, maybe not right now, but at some point in the near future, is, is, is producing a ministry of their own. They're producing a ministry of their own. That really is the, the, the point. You produce a ministry of your own. Will you preach? Maybe, maybe not. Will you prophesy, lay hands? Who knows? You will do something that will channel your unique gift and call that God has given to you in your, it'll find expression through your unique passion. And you will do that for the glory of God. You will win souls in that way. You will impact uh, the, the, the world in that way. I don't think that God called everybody to the pulpit. I don't think that God called everybody uh, to, to seek after uh, exclusively uh, one of the fivefold ministry designations. I, I think that he covered it when he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe, that in my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall lay hands on sick and they shall recover. You know that. And so function as a believer. And so even if you're in, you're called to corporate America, if you're called to the military, if you call to the hood, the streets, if you call to wherever, just allow that anointing and that, that flow, that power, that grace to find expression through your passion. Those passions come from God. 
Come on, y'all hearing me? Come on, those those passions come from God. And so you've got to now uh, follow them through. Follow them through. Don't allow the enemy to take that from you, but follow it through so that you can become the full expression of what God has chosen. So uh, this uh, this teaching and training really is uh, a foundation. It is a, a foundation is a part of the the, the foundations, uh, the six uh, foundational doctrines of the church. And uh, if you want to, let's look at that very quickly. I didn't take you here last week, uh, but I do want to take you here this week just for uh, just to kind of substantiate what I'm saying. OK, it is one of the six foundational doctrines. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so we'll go to Hebrews chapter six, verse one through two. Hebrews chapter chapter six, verse one, uh, one and two. Hebrews six, one and two. All right. You have a say, man. Amen. Glory to God. I still feel like worshiping. Bless, you like the old saints say, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Hebrews 6, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. No other name. Oh, y'all ain't crazy now. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Come on now, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. No other name I know. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Ooh, power. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, yes, there's power in the name. Jesus, no other name I know. Well, now bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, come on, bless that wonderful name. Oh, well, now bless that one. Hey, Jesus. Oh, no other name. Hey, one more thing. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, there's power in the name of Jesus. No other name I know. All right. Okay. So Hebrews 6, Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1 and 2, it says this. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto what? Perfection. Come on, y'all. Un- unto what? Perfection. Okay. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works uh, of the of the faith uh, 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 and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. Okay, so then this is uh, in Hebrews uh, is teaching us that the foundational doctrines are these. It is the doctrine uh, of uh, repentance unto dead works. Okay, and it is uh, uh, faith toward God. It is the doctrine of baptisms, 
uh, and laying on of hands, doctrine of resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so we started in an odd place. We're going to go back. We're going to visit over the next few weeks those other doctrines. And we're going to finish uh, doctrine of laying on of hands today. And then we're going to go back and look at uh, the doctrine of repentance uh, and the faith toward God. And then we're going to look at the doctrine of baptisms and then a resurrection of the dead and eternal uh, judgment. So we have a lot of really good training to get through. When you are done, you'll be able to adequately uh, and uh, uh, through the through the word of God, really uh, with some reasonable amount of competence, talk about foundational doctrines. And that's really important for those who are ministers and leaders. A lot of ministers and leaders and evangelists or whatever have not really been, uh, haven't focused enough to really get a firm grasp on what is necessary. Okay, so let's look at the doctrine laying on the hands. I don't want to go back from to last week and then I, I can't finish this week. So we're going to kind of dive in where we left off. But um, the uh, the doctrine of laying on of hands is really uh, uh, a foundational doctrine. Why? Because it is the way that we develop continuity in the church, in the kingdom of God. It's the way we develop continuity, it, especially from an Old Testament point of view. It's the way we develop continuity in the church. It's how we transmit and transfer the blessings. We transmit, transfer the anointings. We transmit, transfer the authority of God, leadership, and so on and so forth. And so uh, the, uh, the, the laying on of hands does this. It transmits blessings. It transmits authority. Transmits wisdom. This is from an Old Testament uh, 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 perspective. It transmits wisdom. It's where we transmit or transfer the Holy Spirit, okay? The uh, spiritual gifts, or we transmit a ministry. We transfer a ministry through the laying on of hands, through the laying on of hands. Secondly, uh, the, the, uh, the, the ministry of laying on of hands is for commissioning. It is for the commissioning of a person into a ministry, a commission of a person into a ministry. It's also for recognition. It's to be set apart for a certain task in ministry. I'll say that again. Recognition to be set apart for a certain task in the ministry. The laying on of hands also provides endorsement. It endorses a person. We're going to look at that endorsement, and it uh, it uh, it gives uh, it gives authority. It gives authority. Uh, and then number four, it uh, it is to equip. It is to equip. It is to equip. All right. Yes. What's number three? Number three. What it was? What I say before it. Uh, commissioning of a person for ministry, and then you recognition. Okay, it's for recognition. Okay. Then, then the next next one under that uh, the, the the second in terms of commissioning. Uh, under commissioning, we do we it, we do uh, rec to recognize a recognition okay. uh, to be set apart uh, for a certain task in ministry. Okay. Number three, to endorse or to give authority. And to equip, okay, to equip. And for those people who love, you know, really 
I always go, I, I use the word sexy, but that's probably the wrong word to use in this context. But sexy things are things that are exciting. You know, you have to really, you have to really love knowledge to really, uh, to really uh, embrace this kind of approach uh, to training. So uh, just roll with it, rock with it. All right. So let's go, let's go back to Genesis 48. I really want to go there. Uh, <laughs> Genesis 48, uh, where we see. This is the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament uh, 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 substantiation of the laying on of hands. And this is powerful. This is this is where one of our people last week lost it last week a little bit. She lost it and she went and had a what I call a, a Baptist breakthrough in the in the back. But we we're not calling no names because we don't call names up in here. Glory to God. We don't call names. Ain't that right, Sister Lakeitha? And we don't do that. And so, uh, and so uh, Genesis 48, Genesis 48, I want to show you uh, a lot of things in the kingdom of God has really been delegitimized in terms of its importance. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, they understood the principle and the importance of receiving the blessing from uh, God and then the blessing of a father. The blessing of a father. The church now through a series of things have really gotten away from this uh, understanding the importance of the blessing of a father. In the Old Testament, they understood that the next greatest blessing after receiving a blessing from God is to receive a blessing from a father. It is the most coveted blessing in the Old Testament, in the Bible as it were. But now in the 21st century, we've lost that importance. But the thing about it, God has not given that up. God has not, has not uh, uh, delegitimized the blessing of a father. He has not delegitimized or made less important the uh, authority of the right hand of a father. That's the reason why it's important for every person who is in ministry, who's in leadership, who's been called with a ministry mantle or mandate to now make sure that they are a part of a, uh, a body or under the mantle of a spiritual father or and in this way, a spiritual mother. And that's and I, I won't get into uh, the the specifics in terms of uh, of gender and all of that, because I, I don't think it's prudent uh, to really do that. But it's important for us to note that that there is a real importance and a real uh, uh, a valid uh, effect and empowerment that comes and validation that comes from the fathering mantle. Amen. And so let's look at that in Genesis. You've got a Genesis 48. We were here last week, but I want to go back to it. Genesis 48, verse number 14. Glory to God. And we'll probably read more than that, just at verse 14, because this is uh, incredible. All right. Verse number 14, it says, um, let's see. Israel's right. let's, let's go back up to uh, verse number eight. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, who are these? You remember, uh, Israel is Jacob, okay? Jacob wrestled with the angel all night. You remember, uh, he was left alone. Jacob wrestled with the angel all night. And then he tra- was transitioned. He was transitioned. Glory to God. He was transitioned from, uh, from Jacob, come on, to Israel. Hallelujah. From Jacob to Israel. Say from Jacob to Israel. 
what, what is that about? The Jacob, Jacob was, Jacob is a, the Jacob transition from Jacob to Israel is not just a name change, but it is a nature change. It is a changing of your identity. Okay. Is a changing of your identity. And here's, here's the deal. Every believer, every leader, and I feel the Holy Ghost on this. Every believer, every leader must go through the same transition moment that Jacob went through. And the Bible says, and Jacob was left alone. And look, and there he wrestled. And so a lot of of us, the thing we hate most is what? Being what? Left alone alone because it is there we have to wrestle we have to we are confronted come on first of all we're confronted with our own nature with who we really are but more importantly you're confronted with who you're not because hey in in that secret moment you don't have the people saying praise the lord and calling you bishop and calling you apostle and prophet and pastor teacher and singing your praises in that alone place ain't nobody celebrating your gifts Come on. So then it's where you are left alone with your with with the darkness of your mindset. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm gonna help myself. You 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 left alone with the dark, the nature, come on, of your mentality. You left alone with the negativity. You left left alone with the woundedness. You left alone with the pain. You left alone. And it is in that place, God says, you are more clear, closer to me in that place than you ever will be while you're standing in front of people preaching, praying, and prophesying. Because when you preach and praying and prophesying, that's God. But when you're in the presence of the of the Lord and you and God is challenging your nature. And he's challenging the negativity in you and he's challenging your mindset. You are closer to God then than you ever will be when you prophesy because it is there in the presence of the Lord. You as the leader gets an opportunity for change. Mm-hmm. See, change don't happen for the leader while we up here. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Come on, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. And see, and see, this is what I like to really teach uh, to uh, this generation of leaders. Real change. Your, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the level of power and authority that you really walk in is not measured by the potency or the accuracy of your spiritual gift. Can I say that? Okay, that it is not that 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 you are that we don't measure the 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 mantle of the apostle does not measure. A, the the uh, the mantle of the apostle does not measure the the potency or or the or the maturity level of, of an apostle or a prophet or a pastor teacher by the potency of their gift, their stage gift, their presentation. It's not a, it's not measured by how well you can prophesy and be accurate. It's not measured by how well people get healed. It's not it's not measured by how many people fall out when you lay hands on them. It's not measured by all the things that you can come up with and say that didn't nobody else know. It's not measured by that because those gifts are God. We ain't gonna give you no glory for that. That came from God or the devil. Come on. So then we're not gonna celebrate you. What we're gonna do? We're gonna celebrate you when we start seeing the fruit of God. Come on. Can you be nice to people? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. Can you, are you walk, can you walk in wisdom? Do you know how to go in and out among the people? That's where the real uh, test of a true apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher really comes. I'm not going to test you whether you can prophesy. I'm going to test you what you do after you prophesy. 
Come on. I'm going to test your character, your, your attitude, your wisdom. How do you present yourself? How do you, do you know how to handle yourself when you're not prophesying? Because that's what's going to determine your effectiveness. It is also going to determine how God can use you and where he can use you. Because all things are lawful but not expedient. It doesn't mean just because you're a prophet you're going to never struggle. It doesn't mean just because you're a prophet you're going to never sin. But what it does mean is that if you struggle and have some wisdom and, 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 and uh, hide yourself. Don't, don't get out here talking about I'm just going to be me. And they don't want to see. They don't accept me. I'm just going to be me. That's a fool. And it mis- it's, misrepresentative, it's, it's misrepresentative of God and the nature of God. It's disrespectful to the mantle of God. And it's saying to God, listen, I, you know, what you do is what you do. And I'm, after you're done doing it with me, I'm going to do me. He said, I didn't call you to do you. I didn't call you to do you. He said, I called you to let me be, to be a conduit through which I can move. He says, I'm not intimidated by your struggles, but don't embarrass me. Right. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. See? Don't embarrass me. He said, I'm not intimidated. He said, I knew how nasty you were before I called you. Come on. I knew your problems before you even walked into the season of your life. So that, I'm, that's not my issue with you. My issue with you is that you don't know how to walk in and out amongst the people. My issue with you is that you're careless and you lack wisdom. My issue with you is that you don't monitor your mouth. My issue with you is that you don't monitor your attitude. My issue with you is you let anybody see you anywhere, anytime, any place, and you misrepresent the nature of God. Therefore, when they see you function, they're not going to believe you and by not believing you they don't believe me and when it's like that you are not an asset you a liability and i got to get rid of you oh god y'all ain't saying nothing for that oh god oh god so then leaders leaders you 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 walk in and 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 you walk in the nature of god that's how we identify and how do we adequately do that always no matter what making sure that you are accountable to a mantle that is greater than yours see because all all these uh, uh all these uh uh uh, uh, these uh, uh, wild mountain goats, you know, that they, they go out doing their own thing. That is not the will of God. So watch this. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, um, you know, so Jacob was left alone because that's where I got started at and got off track here. J- Jacob was a trickster. That name, that name Jacob means supplanter. When he was left alone, he wrestled with the angel and there his name was changed to Israel. And the Bible says that he wrestled with the angel all night and, and the angel touched the what? Holler of his thigh and knocked his hip out of joint. Come on. Y'all with me? Knocked his hip, hip out of joint. He left that moment with a lip, limp, but with a new nature. He says, you, are, you will no longer be called Jacob. You will be called Israel because as a prince, you have power with God. Woo, Lord have mercy. Turn around and tell somebody, you have power with God. You have power with God. When do you get that power? Come on. It is not, it is not in your pleasant place. Come on. Come on. That's why I don't trust nobody that don't go through name, ain't been through nothing. If you if this been smooth sailing for you in the ministry and kingdom, I'm scared of you. So don't uh-uh. I'm looking for people that done almost lost their mind. Them the ones I can identify. Them the ones I trust ministering to me because then I know they know how it feels to be me and they're going to be careful how they handle me. See, because you've you you you've been perfect all your life and you ain't never seen, you ain't never been through nothing. I can't trust you because you're not going to handle me right. Come on. Yes. So in the midst of that struggle where it comes from, the 
the experience I've been in when I've been in the church is that when people see things they don't understand, mm-hmm. or if they see something that they're not aware of, because they we uh, the church has a tendency to put um, giftings in a place that God didn't put them. That's true. So when when the individual, not the gifting, begins to have a Jacob moment. Mm-hmm. Where 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 is it that uh, where is it that the body of Christ when you're looking mm-hmm. uh, and on with these eyes and not with his eyes? Mm-hmm. What is the what is the what is the mouth action should happen there? Mm-hmm. Because in that place, if you have look with God's eyes, the mouth place tell me you cover your brother. There you go. Not that you be okay with your brother mm-hmm. with what they're doing, mm-hmm. but you cover them. That's right. And don't judge. That's right. Because you yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem that we have found that the leadership has leadership have dealt with in a place with when the body has not understand the Jacob moment of the of the struggle. Oh, that's real good. And see that that that's a that's a training issue. That's a training issue in the in the collective body, because because we have our in in our church in our church in the kingdom of God we have now presented ourselves as perfect okay. as, as perfect in a lot of ways. Because and not not saying that we should be careless or no, lack, you know, lack gravitas or or really, really just be reckless. You know, and there should be some kind of uh, uh, of uh, separation. However, it is important for the, the laity, the body of Christ to understand that all who are used of God are human beings first. How do we handle when humans who are used of God begin to go through transitions of their humanity and for the moment don't look like God? Okay, that's that's it. That's it. So how do we? So so the the Bible says this that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency may be of God and not of us. So the first thing we realize and we recognize that the treasure that we have is of God. We are just a human vessel. We are a conduit. We are a container through which the Father transmits his presence, his glory, his ruah. Okay? So then it is important for us to make sure to make sure that the that the kingdom of God uh, in all of in all of its glory, in all of its splendor, in all of his his uh, 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 power, that the that the that that the leaders and the and the and the people of God understand how to see those who are in leadership, how to see them, not to judge them, but how to see them, and and most and most importantly, how to respond. To their, to their humanness and their human behavior, how to respond. Okay, so then the Bible says, if your brother is overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. Are y'all with me? Okay, if your brother is overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. What, number one? Restore such a one, that's the first thing. So then when your, when your first move is to kill such a one, you already have violated the protocol for that moment. Oh my. And we all have to be conscious of this. Yes, sir. That the moment we hear something negative about somebody, we want to jump on it and start saying out of our own self-righteousness how ugly that is, how bad that is, how whatever. No, no, no. 
Your first response, it should be, oh, God, please help them. Because what's the saying goes, uh, but not for the grace of God, there go I. That if it wasn't for God's grace, I would be that one. My Angelou says something like this. I love her. She's she not a preacher, but she should have been. And it's not Bible, but it should be. And she, say, she says, uh, I am human. Therefore, nothing human can be alien to me. That means nothing any other human has done that's gross and bad and mean and ugly is alien to me. That means if they've done something nasty, I could do it too. Likewise, if, done, if they have done something extraordinary, I can do that too. So I am human, therefore, nothing human can be alien to me. The body of Christ have to posture themselves in a, with a posture of what? Mercy. Okay? Say mercy. Mercy. Y'all might quiet for me. And a posture of mercy and grace. Deal with people. This is always the rule. Deal with people. I don't care what level of people it is, what level of person it is. Deal with a person the way you want somebody to deal with you. And if you do it that way, you will never miss. Okay? So he would just be, Restore one in the spirit of me. Jacob now was what? Left alone. Okay? Which also teaches us that whenever you are transitioning through, uh, uh, through these levels in God, that you will always hit these alone times, whether you're married or single, you'll always hit alone moments because it is there where God does deep works. Whenever God gets ready to do deep surgical things in your life, he will isolate you. You can be in a, in, 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 you can be in a, in a whole um, environment, a room full of people and be isolated. You can be married and still be isolated. You can be whatever and be isolated because God does work in isolation. Jacob was left alone. There he wrestled. The power does not happen before the wrestle. Okay, the power, the power does not happen though before you wrestle. The power happens, happens after the struggle and after the uh, divine assault. Oh, y'all, y'all, there you go. I'm going to go back. The change does not happen until you have wrestled and been divinely assaulted. Mm-hmm. See, love. What's this divinely? What's this the divine assault? The Bible says this: that when Jacob was left alone, he wrestled with the angel, and the Bible says he wrestled until the breaking of day. And then the angel of the Lord, which is God manifesting in human form or in angelic form, he touches the hollow of his thigh and knocks Jacob's thigh out of joint. That's called that's called uh, aggravated assault. Mm-hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you won't be changed until you've been divinely assaulted. Mm -hmm. Y'all slow in this Catholic church. Okay. You've been divinely assaulted. And here is the deal. Here's the deal. A lot of people in leadership, the problem with those that have been called to do extraordinary things, they want to do extraordinary things without being assaulted. And it just does not happen. That every person, every person, I don't care what area of ministry you, you, you thrive in. If you any good, if you worth your salt in any area, you've got to go through the assault of God. And when you, when you are divinely assaulted, come on, then you are divinely promoted. 
Because God will never give you a life that makes him unnecessary. And he will never give you an anointing that you think is yours all by yourself. But when God gets ready to use you, you, because of the struggle you had to go through to walk in that new name, in that new nature, in that new call, at the end of the day, you're going to say, God, I thank you because I know it ain't nobody but you. He's going to always make sure that you, you have a reality and you, and you have an understanding about your humanness. And that at any moment, mm -hmm, he, can, he can snatch it all. Okay? Jacob was left alone and then he rest, And then he, he emerged from that place with a new name, but also with a new limp. Or with a dysfunction. Or with a disability. Or with an impairment. That, what does that say? Every great man or woman of God, every one of them have a permanent impairment. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I wish I was at the, I was, wish I was at Lone Star Episcopal Church. And it, it has a permanent impairment. Let me get this thought out and then I'm going to get your hands because I see it. Uh, a permanent impairment. Uh, and, and I'll tell you who will, who will, who will make us really uh, remember that uh, or, or uh, understand that. And that is Paul. He said, I sought the Lord. <laughs> he said, I sought the Lord three times. He said, you ain't going to tell me what I don't know. He said, I suck it because if God was going to move this, I got enough prayer power to move this. Uh -huh. If God was going to move this, I've been in the presence of the Lord enough love for God to move this. If God was going to move this, I'd have fasted enough for this to be gone. And he says, I have sought the Lord over and over and over again. And every time I sought God, God says something to me that don't make no good sense to me. He says something that my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. As if to say, your, your weakness is a catalyst for my strength. And that I'm never really strong until you're fully out of your wits and you're weak. And so then it, it makes me understand as we bring our, our, our brain to the text, it makes us understand that my strength, my victories are ordered of God. But my faults, my failures and my weaknesses are also ordered of God, because if I'm understanding this correctly, he can never be truly God and fully God in my life unless I have a place that I can't handle. So then God will always give you as a leader and every one of you are called to do extraordinary things. He will always give you an area of your life that seemed like it will never fix itself. And when he fixed that for you, it's just going to flip over to another area of your life. He's in my grace and my strength. So then Paul lets us know this, that every great person of God always emerges in that greatness with a divine what? Disability. Yeah. Can you say that? A divine disability. A divine disability. But your divine disability, say that my divine disability, my divine disability. is God's ability. It's God's ability. And it makes all things, and it makes all, things. all right. All right. Mm -hmm. So your divine disability is not really a, a, debility, a, a disability at all. It's really a victory. It's the secret to your success. Right. It's the reason why hell can't kill you. <laughs> it's a covenant place. See, God don't. Yeah, there's no covenant with God without blood. Oh my God! No blood without pain. And so God says, "It's my covenant place. It's a reminder of my covenant." Yes, sis. I know I'm gonna get you. Um. Oh, well, I understand what you said about the soul, but I guess the permanence is what's the what the per the permanence. You said it's 
permanently. A permanent disability. Yeah. Yeah, so well, it's a reminder. Uh, like a, okay. you look at it like a scar. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like a scar. Not not that not that you're necessarily uh, permanently in pain, okay. but there is always the potential that you can go back. Okay, there's always that potential. That, uh, uh, when Paul was talking about, uh, I saw the, the, he says, "My grace sufficiently is restored." That he won't move. He won't move it. But that means that doesn't give me. That does not give me the uh, permission. It does not give me the permission to walk subject to the thorn. But it challenges me to position myself, what I call to live above it. But at the same time, it's always a marker for me and a governor that whenever that thorn starts to stick me, it's my sign that I'm too low. I need to come on back up a little bit higher because as long as that thorn is not worrying me, then I'm high enough. But as long as I, I, if, I lose, if I lose altitude and I, that thing starts sticking me, then I know I'm too low. It's time to go on back up a little bit. So then we, we're just drawing kind of, um, we're drawing uh, 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 metaphors, you know, in terms of trying to compare to make us understand that, that the same way Jacob had a, had a limp or had a, a, he was disfigured or whatever we want to call it from that text, then you as a great person of God too will also go through that challenge and that, and that struggle to get that new name. That new name comes at a cost because that new name denotes a new destiny and it, it denotes a, a, a new place of success for you. And, it, and it's not free. Yes. So when Jacob, I mean, the prescription for that bishop, when, when he was alone, he didn't have anyone to talk to in that place, mm -hmm. you know. And the only thing he had to do when he crossed over, he was able, he had to admonish his brother. Mm -hmm. You know, that he had to go back and apologize to his brother. So, it's, so I'm asking you, what is the prescription uh, for that place for a, a leader to do in that place? Because there's some things you have to give light to. Yes, 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 yes. You have you do you have to live like to so what do you do when you're in that transition? That's that's where your covering is really a covering. Yes, sir. See, covering we, we use covering just randomly mm -hmm. without really any designation and really uh, adequate uh, understanding. Your that's that's what coverings are really made for. They're not way for when you ain't nothing wrong with you, because as as the mature offspring, you're fine. You don't need somebody standing over you, you mature. You need a covering when you're exposed. Yes, sir. You understand that? Yes. So that's, that's the use of a good apostolic uh, father mm -hmm. to cover you, to, to, not to make excuses for you or to, yes, or to use as cloak for maliciousness, yes, but to coach you through that process, to cover you, but also to validate you, to hide you. Yes, sir. You understand? To hide you. Uh, let's look at it. Hey, I just got a, a, a download. You know how that goes with me. So, uh, and, and I love how the word works. Ooh. So, immediately I saw, I saw uh, when Noah was drunk. When Noah was drunk. And hmm, Noah's son, Noah's son. Because he, he was drunk and he was naked. And what happened? What did Noah's son do? Noah's son got a covering. And what he did was he, he wouldn't turn around and walk face forward on him on his nakedness. But what he did was he got a covering and he backed up on Noah. So that he's not 
so that he was not uh, 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 looking at his nakedness to expose him, to embarrass his father, or to even get those images to even affect him later, because that's something else. Those images will pop up later and begin to undermine your respect for the person that you had to cover. So that's what God is teaching us here. And so he had to, he had to back up behind, uh, up on on uh, 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 Noah and covered him. And that is so much, it does a whole training can be taken yes. out, of, out of those few lines. Okay? He backed up. Why? Because this is my father who has once covered me. Mm. Now I get a chance to turn around and cover him. It shows us that the father is there to cover the sons, but also at a moment, the sons are supposed to cover the father. Yes. And, and there, is a, there is a mutual beneficial relationship for covering. Yes. Yes. Y'all ain't, ain't saying yes. nothing. And Bishop. No. Uh, I thank you for that. The church is not teaching that. That, the, 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 we're teaching that the senior leadership is the covering. But where is the covering for the senior leadership? The, 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 see, see the, every leader needs a team and a staff that, that, that can cover them in their, in their moments of humanity and life. You remember I taught, uh, we were teaching... Uh, about the tabernacle, and we had the, the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Covenant was made of shit, uh, shitem, <laughs> shitem wood. Let's call it that. It was made of shitem wood, all right? And, and that shitem wood, aha, that shitem wood had to be covered within and without with gold. The wood is indicative of humanity. The gold is indicative of divinity. That means there has to be a covering underneath and a covering on top. And in the middle, it's humanity. That you cannot be a, a human for God without a divine element and a covering that makes you user-friendly for him. And, and every leader, both senior and otherwise, at some point will need a covering. And in those moments, to answer your question directly, in those moments, you have to trust in the divine covering that God has given to you. In those moments, you have to trust what they see because you won't be able to trust what you see. You have to trust what they hear about you because you can't you can't uh, you can't really believe what they what you hear about you because your emotions are so tangled up into your moment that that it's easy for the enemy to lie to you at that moment. That is the value of having a good covering. That really is the highest and best use for the apostolic mantle. Mm -hmm. Is that a, is that an also? I mean, this is a good subject for me because of the the, the, the place that we're walking. Yeah, through. but it's also for others too. There's some people, there's people walking through it that don't have a place to ask this question. Yeah, and I I, I think it's really good for me because okay, so then what does that say to the covering or to the father for the son or the daughter? To come to them in that place, in that place of weakness, and expose just because the outside don't know, what does it mean to that father mm -hmm. when that son or that daughter comes to them in that place to trust it enough to lay that thing out there like that? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's not to be exposed because see, Jacob didn't go tell everybody; he went straight to his brother, who mm -hmm. God told him to go to. That's right. And he never, everything else was exposed, given out afterwards. Mm -hmm. But he went straight to the source. Yep. So how does that look for the father? How to look for a father? I don't know how to look for for other fathers. I can I'll tell you about me, okay. and I'll tell you about uh, fathers that I know who spiritual fathers that I know who function yes. well. Uh, number one, as a spiritual father, you 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 cover with your heart and your head. Yes. You cover with your heart and your head, and you cover with a vivid memory of your own life. Yes. 
without without covering with a vivid memory of your own life, you won't you won't do right. Because so for me, when uh, when uh, a son or a daughter, and, and over the years I've had many times. I've walked people through things and people have come wanting to quit ministry and, and I wouldn't let them because they felt like what they were going through was the end of it all. And I knew strategically that if you stop ministry, then it really will be the end because that's the one thing in your life that that God has still has access to to really get you out of it. That is the one thing that God is going to cause you to emerge so you don't stop, especially when especially when that leader is is uh, has humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God. They're not walking in pride. So you deal differently. If one come and they try to. Well, well number one, if one is walking in pride, that's number one. They're not coming to you. OK, they're going to keep hiding and keep going on that when you call in the office and you jack up. And, and and you and you snatch them down and you and you give them some time off because they're not ready. The other ones that come to you saying, "Hey, this is my problem," and I know that I just, I don't want to function like that. I don't want to. That right there says to uh, a spiritual father. Number one for me, it I'm grateful because I have presented myself in a fashion that you will trust me with this circumcision. Because there are some, there's some corrective actions and some things that sometimes has to be done, but it has to be done over a period of time. And trust and accountability has to be established. And the, the other part is, is that the spiritual father then is awakened, that the fathering mantle should be awakened and, and the, the authority of my voice in your life makes the difference. This is the un, this is the invisible part of that, that the authority that the authority that I've been given by God to say this won't last always. You're going to emerge with power and authority that your life is a is a model, a prototype for the kingdom and that everything that God has purpose and destined for you is not is not wrapped up in this moment of your life. This is a process. This is a place that, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't fear any evil, that, that out of the abundance of this dark place comes the light of God. That now is my apostolic, prophetic, uh, 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 God-given authority to say to you, that then that then begins to activate in your life, even in your alone time, that word over you from a real spiritual father begins to defend your soul because then you won't you won't uh, sell your soul to the enemy, that you'll remain conscious with a God consciousness. And that word that has been spoken over you will will will, will resuscitate your spirit over and over and over again. It's not about your intellect. It's about your spirit over and over again until you make it clear, get clear of that trauma, that process, that struggle, that wrestle, whatever we want to call it until you get clear of that. Then you will recover. Then you will be restored. Restore the years. Then you will emerge as a greater threat and a greater weapon in the arsenal of God to the enemy. Why? Because you live through it. Jesus. I'm talking good tonight. I said because you live through it. Somebody say I live through it. Come on. Not, not, not the fact that you kept breathing while you was going through it, but you live through it because you didn't lose God while you was going through it. I'm going to tell you something. I have been closer to God in the moments of my greatest struggle than I ever was when I felt like I was doing good in God. 
I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Because he says he knows that in those moments he needs to be closer. He knows it no more. He got to carry you sometimes. Lord have mercy. Y'all good with that? Let me get at least another point to you. So, because uh, we never, we, we ain't even got to look closing on the, uh, on the doctrine laying on the hands. But that's that, that good for the word. That's good for the word. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's look at this. Uh, uh, this is we're in uh, Genesis chapter 48, uh, verse number 8, uh, 9. We're going to uh, verse 9. And Joseph said unto his father, uh, they, they are, my, are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them, and I will bless them. And now the eyes of Israel were dim. So, so Jacob, Jacob here is old. Jacob here is old. And Jacob now, uh, is his eyes are dim. And Joseph now is bringing his two sons so that his father can bless them. And the Bible says he could not see. He brought them near unto him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face. And lo, God has showed me also thy seed. Watch this. And Joseph brought them out of between, out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with to bowed himself with his face to the earth. You see the respect that uh, that the sons have for the father, for his father, that Joseph has for his father, that now also Joseph's sons have for their grandfather. A part of the problem with the church is that we've lost respect and uh, and reverence for the heart of the father, for the mantle of the father. And the reason why we've lost a lot of respect is because a lot of the fathers have not done well with that with with that privilege. You understand they've abused that, but that does not reverse God's initial plan. You understand? So we've we've lost that. We got to get that back. We got to we got to restore that element because that's the divine order of God. And so Joseph now uh, uh, he Joseph's uh, he bows himself to his father. His his young kids his kids bow themselves to their grandfather because now they're getting ready to get the blessing from their grandfather. This is amazing. This is a, a real moment for them. There's not, a, there's, there's not a, a, another moment that's greater than this moment for Joseph and his two sons. That this blessing now is going to be the catalyst. This blessing is going to be the prophecy. And so the leader, the believer who thinks they can lead themselves without being submitted to a spiritual father is missing a major component because the blessing of the father is essential to the success of the son. Okay. But here's the deal. We have had so many fathers to abuse that. I say it just like, you know, it's just like this. Not all men are abusive to, to women. You know, when you find one that's abusive, abusive to you, leave them, go find another one. That's not abusive. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Y'all with me today? Yeah. Amen. And so uh, you go find another. Just like with the father. The father, spiritual father, you find one that's, not, that's abusive, guess what? Get out of there and go find a new one. You understand what I'm saying? Be led to God, but find a new one. Don't go, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need, no, I don't need myself. You, you, are, you are eliminating an essential part of your future and destiny by doing so, by, by not having that 
authority, that voice in your life. Is that good? So watch this. This is good. Okay. Glory to God. So, uh, and, and Joseph took uh, them both. Ephraim, whew, you look at them, uh, you look up those names. Y'all look them up and save it for, save it for the last because we're going gonna, we gonna to go there now because it'll abort, but save it for the last. So <laughs> Joseph took them both, Ephraim and, and, and in his right hand toward Israel's left hand. Ephraim was the, was the youngest. So he took Ephraim and guided, remember Joseph can't see, or his eyes are dim. He takes the youngest uh, son, Ephraim, to the left hand because uh, the left hand is a lesser blessing than the right hand. This is all Old Testament sim, uh, uh, sim- symbolism, but it's aligned with God. So, uh, so Joseph is functioning out of tradition. Okay, mm-hmm. Joseph at this moment is functioning out of tradition. He brings he brings uh, he brings uh, Ephraim to the left hand and then he brings Manessa to the right Manessa is the oldest Manessa gets the lion's share of the blessing <laughs> but watch this Joseph, uh, Jacob now can't see with his natural eyes but he has a spiritual eye and a spiritual sensitivity and when he went to lay hands on him he did what we call last week a switcheroo okay so he he switched his hands and put the right hand on the youngest one and the left hand on the older one. And here's the deal. Joseph said, no, dad, you got the wrong. He says, no. He said, I know what I'm doing. He said, I know. I know, son. I know. He said, he said this. He says, I put the I put my right hand on the youngest. He says, because he is the youngest and I put my left hand on on the on the oldest because the oldest is going to be blessed. He's going to have a great a great people are going to come out of him and God is going to be with him. But the younger is going to be greater. God. And so and so the prophetic implications of that is that although you may have been born in a particular time and and by your last name or by your genetic pool or by your association, come on, your status, that you've been seen to be less than. But it is in this season and this time that God's about to do a switcheroo. And he the people that he that thought they were going to be greater are really going to be lesser. And those people that thought they were going to be lesser, God is getting ready to raise them up. That is a prophetic word for this end time for every person, every believer, every minister, every leader, every person that have been struggling. Come on with their identity in God. You've been struggling. Hallelujah. In that place of your value in God. You've been wondering if you just got stuck in a rut and you're stuck somewhere between almost and not yet. My God, how do I deal with being between almost and not yet? And I'm trusting God. I know the hand of God is upon my life in a peculiar and a mighty way. I know that the Father hath anointed me. Hallelujah. But I'm almost there, but not yet. And I can't defend myself. I can't defend myself. I can't speak up for myself. I try to open up my mouth and God said, you shall hold your peace and I will fight for you. How do I deal, my God? How do I deal with the moment when I feel like I have been left alone? And God says it is there. Well, I'm getting ready to show you what I'm able to do. And the people that thought they were going to be first are going to be last. And the ones that thought they were going to be last are going to be first. That God's about to change your entire season. God's going to change your entire season. He's going to shift your whole perspective. 
perfected. He's going to cause your vision to be renewed. He's going to cause your faith to be revived. He's going to cause your, your prayer life to be resurrected. And the things you thought were going to take you out, when you look back on this moment, you're going to see strategically and divinely that it was this place that caused you to emerge as a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God. You know, I need somebody to begin to clap your hands and give God a praise right now for the switch that is about to happen in your life and in your mind and in your spirit and in your heart and in your ministry. Your mantle is being switched. Your anointing is being switched. Your mindset and paradigm is being switched because the power of God, the favor of God, the anointing of God is upon you and hell can't handle it. Clap your hands and give God a praise for that. Come on, I dare you. I know it's just a few of you, but I dare you to begin to clap those hands and begin to praise God wherever you are. Begin to praise God because God's about to switch it. He's about to shift it. Hallelujah. Tradition says one thing, but God says something else. Hallelujah. Where your, your gender says one thing, but God says something else. Your age says one thing, but God says something else. He's getting ready to raise you up and nothing in your life is going to be hallelujah, at on, on, on level with where you are your money, your age, your stage you're going to have a life that's beyond everything you are in the natural because your mental is greater your purpose of God is greater the fire of God is greater the anointing of God is greater the power of God is greater and Satan cannot reverse it I need somebody to take about 60 seconds and just clap your hands and give God a praise right now Oh, come on. You got to you gotta open up your mouth and give him a praise. Come on, open up your mouth and give him a praise. Begin to clap those hands and give him a praise. Begin to clap those hands. And... It, it's been like it, whenever there's a, um, a moment, you know, have you, that, that is uh, valley low, the, the sons and the daughters want more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they want more when it seems like you don't have any more to give. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you should be in a place to uh, to uh, recover, mm -hmm. but you study, there you're you're being uh, put there. You want to make sure that you're not transferring any filth. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Isn't that great? Transferring any filth, um, and um, you you want to make sure you do. You try to and, and to isolate that. It, you know, keep it as isolated as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how, but that, and still, it seems to get greater in that place. Yes. And that's God. That's God saving your life and saving his investment in you. Here's the deal. So remember we said a moment ago, his strength yes. is made perfect in your what? Weakness. Weakness. So then that demand, that demand comes on you it pulls forth out of you the spirit man which you need to be strong at the moment because remember remember here it is here it is oh Lord, i love when the word of god does this oh god jacob the bible said jacob laid down to die and the next line says Israel raised up and strengthened himself. Woo! So watch this. 
Jacob and Israel is the same person, but it's due different natures that my human self, oh God, I feel like having a Baptist fit right now myself. And when my human self lays down to die, by God, you, it, 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 would be, it would be, let me tell you, it would be beyond the principle of God for him not to activate the Israel inside of you when your Jacob is ready to die. Because it is when your human self is ready to die, that is when God says, I got to activate the spirit inside of you. And it is the spirit, the purpose of the ministry and the power that I have called you into and the things that I've done to you, done in you. That's the thing that's going to resuscitate even your human self. Because beyond all of your struggles, you've got to know that your spirit is always stronger than your flesh. And the more you begin to use it and function, it is being regenerated through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. And then it causes your, 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 your humanity to be strengthened. And so even when you're not used at the moment, your, your humanity is better than it was before your Israel stood up. It began to regenerate, refresh, renew. Y'all get that? That, the, that, that, that word says, and, and, and Jacob, the, the natural man, laid down to die. That means he was out of it. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't move. He was, he was just, uh, uh, he was exhausted. He just, he just felt like he could go no more. And then in the next line, it says, and Israel raised up and strengthened himself. Find that in the scripture. Some they won't think I'm lying. And Israel raised up and strengthened himself. That, that's the reason why God gave you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit resides in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the person that fuels your new name, your destiny person, your identity, your spiritual identity, your mantle, your mandate. Come on, your anointing. It says when Jacob got ready to die out of his extremities and his impossibilities, the spirit of God renewed him and resurrected him and said, not yet. Hallelujah. He was about to close his eyes, but then before he could die, his spirit said, not yet. And that's what your gifting, your mantle, your mandate, hallelujah, your measure, hallelujah, is saying in you now. Even though on your own accord, you would die if you could. Hallelujah. You would give up if you could. Hallelujah. You would walk away if you could. But your spirit, hallelujah, unbeknownst to you, keeps strengthening, hallelujah, himself. And when I feel like I'm dying when I wake up I still got my hands lifted how is it that I decided I wasn't going back no more and why am I sitting in this chair how did I even get here what 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 brought me here what is this thing that I want to keep walking away from but I keep walking into what is this thing that keeps pulling me even though I want to kill it it keeps making me alive and I can't get away from it it is the purpose and the destiny of God you're more you have the, your mental is more alive in you than anything else in your life and I know your struggle may be talking louder right now that's because you can hear it greater but God is getting ready to silence that thing and cause you to hear the voice of the Lord and cause you to emerge as a mighty man a mighty woman of valor and you're going to walk on top of your mountain he's getting ready to make your feet like hinds feet 
and calls you to walk on your high places. He is getting ready, my God. Hallelujah. To bring every mountain is getting ready to be brought down. Every valley is getting ready to be brought up. Hallelujah. The rough places are about to be made plain. The crooked places are getting ready to be made straight. The rough places are going to be made smooth. And God is going to cause all things. Hallelujah. To work together for the good that you've been going. It didn't feel good. Don't sound good. Don't look good. Ah, but it's working together for your good. And you are emerging right now as a mighty warrior. A warrior princess. Yes, yes, yes. And a new glory is coming upon you. And this new glory is coming on your countenance. Hallelujah. This new glory. Depression is leaving you. Oppression is leaving you. Sadness and grief is leaving you. The spirit of lamenting is leaving you. Hallelujah. That thing that keeps you crying over things that happened yesterday. That woundedness is leaving you now. And a new glory is coming on you. I need somebody to begin to open up your mouth and receive this word of God. There's a new anointing, a new glory, a new mantle, a new power, a new sanctioning is coming on you. All the lines are falling unto you in sweet, agreeable places. It's been prophesied. It's been spoken. It's been determined. He declared the end from the beginning. And your life is aligning itself with the will of God, the destiny of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God. I declare that it is so now. It is done and it cannot be otherwise. I seal it in the name of Jesus. I speak the blessings of a thousand times more over your life, over your family, over your finance, over your ministry, over your purpose, over your destiny. What was slow before is now being quickened by the set time of God. What was not moving before is now moving. The doors that were locked before, this word is unlocking doors on your behalf. And this word is locking other doors. In the name of Jesus, this word is breaking you through what the enemy meant for your bad. God is working it out for your good. Manifestation, a new glory, a new dimension, a new power, a new favor, a new grace, a new anointing is on you now. I declare it. I decree it. I declare it. I decree it. I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, saints. Clap your hands. Open up your mouth and give God, give God, give God a praise. Oh, come on, praise him like you believe it. 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 Clap those hands and praise him. Praise him like you believe it. Pray it. We declare it in Jesus' name. We declare it in Jesus' name. The yokes are being destroyed. The burdens are being lifted. Your life is being changed. Shifted forever. I speak over your mantle. Every leader, every apostle, every prophet, every evangelist, every believer, arise. 
Christ. Arise, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Come on, sex, clap your hands, open up your mouth and give God the kind of praise that you know he's worthy of. Sister uh, Lakitha, she's going to share this writing. Sudden unfamiliar feelings betrayed me and caught me off guard. Knocking my feet from under me, I realized I was falling hard. Pulling away from what drove me near, I was drowning, sinking in my own fear. Fighting, gasping, attempting to gain ground. None of this would happen if I had turned down the sound. Volume of love to the max ringing in my head. Yet the only thing I heard is I won't stop till you're dead. Broken, wounded, stuck, mm. scarred from head to toe. Fiery darts coming straight for little old me. Stop to make me think, how could this be? I know God and he knows my name, yet being in his presence and surrendering to his power aren't the same. He called me so I must submit and yield, empty out all of me to become Christ's field. Closing the chapters on who I used to be, no longer am I her, yielded is who you see. In the fight with destiny in my current day, I found myself on my knees, the best position to pray. This assault should not have came as a surprise. He had to separate me for his plan to thrive. My afflictions leave me in an impaired place for my afflictions leave me in an impaired place to draw me near a closer relation, a greater sound to hear. This confusion clouds my plan, removes any desire for me to please man. My afflictions are open wounds for others to see, yet his grace and mercy provides a covering and a bandage for me. This covering also plugs are plugs for my ear, distorts the struggle that Satan desires for me to hear. Recovery and restoration makes me greater. 
a momentous place for him to use me later. This hidden state of loneliness allows me to emerge mm -mm. when I'm in my carnal mind. Thoughts I, I thought I was on the verge of a breakdown and not a promotion, yet it was his shifting causing a spiritual commotion. Mm. Provision produces the manner to fuel it to the end. Yielding in this process is when the transition begins. Breaking through this cocoon, unfolding and forming wings to fly, yielded is who I be. I shall live and not die. Yeah. I be yielded. Ooh, give God a praise for that. Hey! See, that's, that's the anointing of the scribe. That's the anointing of the scribe there. When uh, the, the, the preacher, the apostle, the teacher preached preach the prophetic message, the scribe writes the prophetic, uh, writes the prophetic word or however the prophetic message finds expression through that person. Exactly. If they're writers, if they're singers, the singers they sing the prophetic song. Uh, the dancer danced the prophetic dance, you see? And so the prophetic, if we are going to be a prophetic people, then we let the prophetic find expression through our unique giftings. And so that's amazing. That's a, that's a psalmist anointing. Anointing for the scribe, the anointing to write psalms and poems and hymns and and uh, and and writings for God. Thank you, Father. What a powerful gift! Give God a praise Hallelujah. for that. Hallelujah! We're out of time, but it's it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful uh, to share this time with you. And uh, we did not finish my uh, doctrine of laying on the hands, and so we'll pick it up next Saturday. Uh, bring somebody with you next Saturday, if you if you will. Invite someone to come to be a part of this teaching and training, especially if they really want to be uh, uh, prepared for, you know, their kingdom work. And uh, God bless you. Thank you so much. And uh, I bless you. Let's receive tonight's offering. You can give electronically, if you like, or you can give... Um, you can give with uh, cash if you want to send cash app. You know, you can send cash app to dollar sign Love City TC. That's dollar sign Love City TC. You can sow uh, by giving. Bishop Dallas is up here taking uh, this uh, 